podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. You can also find me live Sunday nights in St. Louis, 97.1 FM Talk. And during the week, I do videos. I call them Headlines with Heidi, and they are up on Rumble and also at HeidiHarris.com. Now, I am based in Las Vegas. That's my hometown. And recently, there's been some controversy involving the local animal shelter. Now, the reason I wanted to talk to this particular volunteer who worked there is because I used to work at that shelter years ago. Also, this particular situation happens in animal shelters all over the country all the time. It's a very tough business. And in fairness, and I did a whole podcast on the animal shelter business. You can look that up on my podcasts, uh, podcast app or check out my website. You'll find it there a couple of podcasts ago. It's a hard business. I know it is. And it's easy to judge and throw rocks from outside the you know building and everything. I get all that. But I also know that even though the animal shelters haven't brought all those animals there themselves, I mean, people have dumped them there, there are better ways to run shelters and there are worse ways to run shelters. So this particular woman I wanted to talk to, her name is Kathy Dellinger. She's a career nurse who volunteered to help take care of the teeny, teeny baby kittens. And here's what happens with the kittens. A lot of times these kittens are, people will find kittens in, you know, in their garage or whatever, and they don't wait for the mother to come back. They dump them at the shelter and people like Kathy Dellinger try to keep them alive. That's the backstory. One more thing, our city councilwoman in Las Vegas, Victoria Seaman, one of the city councilwomen, went down to the local shelter recently and found what she described as deplorable conditions down there. I worked there many years ago, as I mentioned, and it was a mess down there. At that time, apparently it's not improved. So I wanted to talk to Kathy Dellinger. She reached out to me to talk about what she had seen firsthand at the shelter. Kathy, thanks for being here. Thank you. Glad to be here. Now, you reached out to me after you either saw or heard about my conversation with City Councilwoman Victoria Seaman, or maybe you saw or heard my podcast about the Animal Foundation. Somehow, someway, somebody told you to call me. Yes. Yes. Uh, Victoria Seaman. Um, okay. Yes. And, it, you know, I started working at the Animal Foundation, volunteering there uh, two years ago. Um, and last year was like my first full summer in the kitten nursery. Mm -hmm. I worked previous at another organization in LA for six years. I've been retired for eight years. So after working at the other found, you know, organization, I just learned so much. And this kitten nursery was rather new at the animal foundation when I got there. And so, um, it was a great summer last summer, lots of kitties, lots of saving lives, um, I'm really into the tiny little neonates, you mm -hmm. know, the, the nursery goes from age zero to six weeks. So we get all the tiny ones. Sometimes we even get like little puppies or I even got a duck last year. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, that's a crazy. I used to work for a vet years ago and I'll never forget how exciting it was the first time. Well, it was kind of a bad story, but it had a good ending. They brought a dog in some people that was in deli uh, delivery and the uh -huh. puppy, one puppy was stuck. And they couldn't get it, you know, in the birth canal. Yeah. And so they, they, you know, put the dog up, put him out, put her out real quick and did the uh, a cesarean section on her basically and threw me a puppy. And they said, here, make it, just keep rubbing make it until it, it starts cry. breathing. <laughs> I know. And, and, you know, you, you were a labor and delivery nurse. It's for exactly the same way. We wow. do exactly the same thing. That's yep. so exciting, but it's so yes. fun. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm the first one to rub this puppy until it starts yelping. And, and we saved all the other ones except the one. So it, that's exciting. That's a really fun thing to, to be is. there at the beginning of life. There's nothing happier than new life to me. You know, I think that's why I went into labor and delivery. And, and then the kitten nursery opportunity came up and 
like I said, it was great. We had kittens everywhere, you know, and it was very busy. And then this year things suddenly changed. And I believe it was when management changed. Um, And all of a sudden I hearing that they're euthanizing all kittens under two weeks old. And I just couldn't believe it. I thought it was a rumor, thought it was a bad rumor. And then all of a sudden we're not getting any little bottle babies. We're just getting kittens that are eating on their own. And the definition in their mission statement says we will save or no kill, which I don't get. And we will save any animals that are healthy and treatable. So evidently little kittens that need to eat are not treatable. Yeah. Let me, let me was, back up for a second yeah. there because there's no, you know, no shelter. That's an actual shelter shelter can yeah. be no kill. Now these shelters who only take the cute ones and the friendly ones and the healthy ones can say they're no kill. But the reality is when you have the contract to take every animal in the city that is dumped on your doorstep, many of them are not adoptable. And that's a lie that they're no kill. It's ridiculous. But right. let's, go, go, let's go back to the, let's go back to the kit, to the early part of the, the, the kitten room. Now, where do most of these kittens come from? Is it, are they, are they discovered by somebody as a litter of kittens? Like where's the mother in a lot of these cases? Yeah, I would say probably 90% of these cases, people are walking by a field, a stray field or somewhere Mm -hmm. under a car, they find them and there's kittens, you know, litter of kittens, but no mom. Okay. So people mean to, and we're trying to educate the public on this in, in all good meaning, we'll grab the kittens. Oh my gosh, they don't have a mommy. And bring them to us. Right. And they'd be better off left there at least initially because nobody takes better care than mom. And it it, it would seem to me the best thing to do in that case would be to leave them there, make a note of where they are. And and when they get old enough, try to grab them before they become feral, get them spayed, neutered, adopted, all that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we tell the public exactly what you said. And even a little secret they told me, which I thought was great, put flour around the area that the kittens are in. And come back the next day. And if there are footprints, then you know they're being taken care of. Oh, interesting. Okay. And okay. or if they if they look sickly or not healthy, then by all means bring them in. But you're mm-hmm. right; they're better with their mom. And we'd have many moms with the babies mm-hmm. that you know are you know recovering whatever until the, the kittens get old enough. But the majority of kittens without their mommies is people just finding them, you know, on the. in fields, wherever they find them. What do you think the percentage was of the kittens that you were able to save that that actually made it to eight weeks to be old enough to be adopted? What was that number? Do you have any idea? I would say 50%. And they are very vulnerable. And they do, you know, they, there's a fading kitten syndrome that happens. But all I know is that we saved a lot of kittens last Mm -hmm. year that did just fine. And I just, I guess my problem is, Let's give them a chance. Let's right. let them declare themselves. And if they're not doing well, then yes, I have, I'm not unrealistic that we need right. to save the whole world. And then we bring them to vet services if we're concerned. I'm the first one there. And usually they euthanize them. They're not eating. They're losing weight. They don't look good. You know. Yeah. So you're not somebody who's emotional, like everyone can be saved. You know better than that. You're trying to do what you can for them. And right. it seems to me that kittens have a better chance of being adopted than cats. Adult cats are hard to to find homes for, right? Absolutely. And, you know, like my husband says all the time, the kittens and the puppies are the things that people come to the shelter for. I mean, you know, so I really, I don't know um, the statistics this year on adoptions or anything, but I, 
I don't know. We have, we've had so many kittens euthanized this year. I don't even know the number, but we, I, they assigned me off. They told, asked me if I would start training um, volunteers and staff on how to bottle feed and to care for a a small kitten. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, had about five, six volunteers and about four of them. I could, we had no bottle babies to even Mm -hmm. train people on. Mm -hmm. And, um, it is, I feel like it's escalating and it's getting worse. And I know that they're actually coming in the nursery now and euthanizing older kittens that are healthy and they tell us they're sick. And I know I just took care of them, you know, half a day and they didn't look sick to me, but I'm not a vet. So I don't know. Yeah. You know? When, when I worked there, there was a girl in there whose name I'll leave out at the moment. But she worked there, uh, her mother ran the place, and she would come in with her little go-go boots on. You know, you've worked at a shelter, okay? You don't get to wear go-go boots. You're wearing stuff that you can get fur (laughs) and slobber and everything else on all day long. That's what you you wear to a shelter. And she would strut in in her go-go boots with her uh, little clipboard with all the animals that were going to get put down that day. And, And I know it has to happen, and I get that. But I could never do that. Just walk around, just pick which which ones get to die. And she was so cavalier about it. It just it just tore me up. And and in fairness, Kathy, you know, because once again, you're very realistic about life and death and whatnot. The animal shelter business is hard. It's really oh. hard. And it's not the Animal Foundation's problem that all these animals are coming in. No one's blaming them for that. But it's yeah. deciding which ones they're going to keep. But it seems to me, you know, they're keeping some of these animals, these older pit bulls and things like that, that no one is going to take that are taking up cage space and taking up resources when maybe those resources could be put someplace else. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I yeah, it's just it's baffling to me. And I I even checked with uh, the organization I worked at in L.A. and they are not doing that. Oh, um, they're not. They're not putting down the the, the little ones. They're giving them a chance. They're giving them a chance. Yes. Um, And I thought that was interesting because I was told there that, oh, it's happening everywhere. And it could be happening in other places. Like I said, speaking for myself, I I only know what's happening, you know, here and from what a friend told me in in L.A. So that's really hard because everybody who's a volunteer and I used to coordinate volunteers down there. Everybody's got their particular thing that they like. Some people want to do the bottle babies. Some people just want to come in and hold puppies. Some people want to deal with adoptions and all that. Got to respect the volunteers um, limitations or interests. You just have to do that. Back, back in the day, many, many years ago, when there used to be a zoo here in Vegas, I used to go volunteer to feed the snakes. Oh my gosh. Because I had a lot of snakes as pets at the time. So I would go out there on Rancho where that zoo was and I would go into, they had a whole room full of rats and mice. And I'd go in there and get them and, and feed them all to all the rats and snakes. Oh my and that's, gosh, I could I never know. do that. Well, I know, but that's why when I discover that I'm allergic to rats, it's the stupidest thing. I'm not allergic to cats, but if I even touch a cage that a rat has been in, if I don't immediately, when I leave, I'd be sneezing the whole way home. Oh my and I'd gosh. have to make sure that I wash my hands because if I touch a rat and then touch my eye, then I have the same reaction that people who are allergic to cats do. So wow. I totally understand that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. My point is that different volunteers do different things and you yeah. have to kind of respect that and encourage that and encourage their involvement. I think that's a super important part of the, the really important group of people that are volunteers. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, that's true. And, and, you know, the staff too, that I worked with in the nursery were amazing. I mean, just the most amazing people and so upset about it. You know, I have a little more, um, I guess, not, what do I say? Leverage. You know, I don't work there, so right. I, 
going to lose my job. Although I did get a letter from the director of volunteers that to not come back. So um, why did she, he or she, why did they say that? She said um, that uh, the media person emailed her and said, and they're going to give me, put me on a pause, which I guess means suspension, um, which I wouldn't feel comfortable going back now anyway. I, I you know, I'm, I feel a little intimidated by the man. Oh, yeah. Why would you want to do that? But I guess there were other people speaking out too. I mean, obviously Councilwoman Seaman was out there checking things out, but there were other people speaking out too. And there have been, I mean, I got to tell you, Kathy, even back when I worked there, I mean, there have been people speaking out and speaking out about this. I actually told one of the people who was one of the biggest donors to the shelter at that time, 20 years ago in my studio, I looked right at her. I said, do you know what's going on there? One of the biggest yeah. donors. And she looked at me like, you know how when the light hits the back of their skull, you know what I'm talking about? That's yeah. the look I got. And I'm thinking, you don't care. You want to just throw parties and give donations and you don't really want to get your hands dirty. You don't want to go in there and see what's going on. You don't really care. And a lot of these people with big money and big hearts and tiny brains are what perpetuates this, I think. Yeah, I mean, I do. I do want to let donors know if, if they're thinking that this beautiful kitten nursery um you know, and they're, they might be donating specifically to them. Uh, there's not that many kittens to be given to. Oh, I don't know. Um, I, I know personally, I, I don't, I pretty much keep that kitten nursery stocked. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, with, I make blankets, I make special blankets for mm -hmm. all the kittens and I, you know, I buy, I buy food, I buy formula, I buy bottle, anything, anything they need. And um, so I don't know, you know, where that money's going to come from now. The thing that confuses me is they have a kitten nursery. So why would they even, why would they keep the kitten nursery open if we're not really admitting kittens in it? So, least, so under two weeks, they were putting them all down. That was starting to happen at over. So after two weeks, even at two weeks, they're very vulnerable, likely yeah, to die still. Right. Uh, a, a real crazy thing happened there. They, Last year, they would send the kittens out to this um, emergency clinic that would take them for the night because they're, they didn't, they never hired anybody to work in the nursery all night. So the only kittens left at night were the ones that were eating on their own. Okay. So if they're not bottled, the ones that have to have syringe feeding in that transition time. So any kittens that couldn't eat on their own would go to this place which was very very expensive and a lot of times we get the kittens back and they were losing weight and not fed so then I guess they decided to drop that and I'm thinking okay good maybe they'll hire people and they said no so the kittens usually what the routine is get a kit kit group of kittens in if they're not eating on their own then they get euthanized by about four or five o'clock p.m. Um, the kittens let me, go, let, me go, let me go back a little bit. When you're, when you're telling that story, I'm thinking that maybe what they ought to do, it may be, and correct me if they already have this, what they ought to do is have a list of volunteers. Because I fostered, I don't do kittens because I have <clears throat> I have dogs who would make cats' lives miserable. But <laughs> I foster puppies. And uh, many times I foster puppies. And you'll get a call, an emergency call for whatever. And right. uh, I'll take them. But what about the idea of having a list of volunteers who are available 24 seven to come pick the ones you trust, you know, are going to take good care people like you with big hearts who are willing to stay up all night with, with kittens that are in, in real bad shape and at least try and have that list of people you could call and save that money. I get it that they might have to be taken to an emergency vet clinic. I understand that need for that. You don't want to come into a dead litter of kittens in the morning. It's that's inhumane, but right. why not have that list of volunteers you could call on? Do they, or should they? 
We have volunteers that will help, but it just doesn't seem like we have enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times the the wonderful employees will take them home for the night and then we pray the next day they get a place. The particular ones I took, which started this whole thing, is I get a call from an employee saying, we just got six two-day-olds in. Will you take them? Oh, brother. She said they're going to be euthanized at four. I picked them up at 345. Wow. Literally like racing on the freeway. I thought, well, if I get pulled over, I wonder if this police officer will end <laughs> But um, they would have been euthanized. And they're now, I kept them for five days. And now they're in another foster through another organization. And they're doing wonderfully. Oh, it's so great. Good for that you. It was really, really heartwarming for me. You know, oh, I was yeah. all the time. But, um, but the problem is they're not even sometimes getting to our nursery to where we can make calls. They, yeah. they get euthanized like right in the intake department, you know, yeah, that shouldn't so. happen. It, it just seems to me that, you know, if you're, there, there are dogs that come in all the time that you, I wouldn't euthanize them at intake because they may have an owner or something like that. But there are a right. lot of animals that they'll keep in shelters. And I've seen it where they have a, a sign on the front. Can't be around kids. Can't be around other dogs. Can't be this. Can't. I'm like, you know what? You have that many stipulations, then put the dog down and free the cage for another animal. Exactly. It's ridiculous. But I've seen that. I've seen that at the quote unquote, no kill shelters. I've seen it at other shelters. You know, the reality is you can't place all these dogs or cats in a home. They're not all going to get a home. So you've got to pick the ones most likely to be able to get there. Absolutely. And I have no problem with that. It's just, it's just this kitten thing. It's just, it's yeah, that's sad. That's really sad. <laughs> it really has, you know, it breaks your heart. And, and it makes you feel bad as first of all, they've lost a volunteer. You could have done something else there. Even if the kittens weren't there, they, they've lost a volunteer by treating you like that and breaking your heart. And it's hard enough. I cried Kathy every day on my way home from work every day. I cried because I couldn't wow. save them all. And when I was a volunteer coordinator, what they did was everybody that I get to volunteer would volunteer until they adopted one dog or cat away from divorce. You know that story, right? (laughs) And then they they have to quit because they were so heartbroken by the ones they couldn't save. And it just, it tore my heart out. It just tore my heart out. It's such a terrible, heartbreaking business. No matter how well a shelter's run, it breaks your heart because of the idiot people who are breeding puppies and kittens in their backyards and dumping right. them and all the stories that you hear. And now I hear stories about people dumping animals off at the shelter, their own pets. And they claim, Oh, I found this one. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it has health issues or whatever else. And those stories just kill you. It does. It's really, I mean, honestly, it's a people problem. It's not an animal problem. That's right. That's, right. that's where we need to get things better. And I, you know, I, I pray that someday, you know, it will be better. Um, but, you know, it, it just, it, it, for me to come forward took so much mm-hmm. in me. I, I, I prayed, I called my best friend. I called everybody, I think, to get their opinion on what I should do. Do I go mm-hmm. to the media? Do I not? And it, it just, this isn't the kind of person I am, you mm-hmm. know, whistleblower, but I am a whistleblower, I guess now. <laughs> and- well, no, but you know what? You're standing up like you have your entire career as an RN. You're standing up for life. You're standing up for what's right. You have yeah. to be courageous and, 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 you know, you got to change the world and everything that you're saying, no, none of us are going to do that, but at right. least you're putting the information out there and making people aware. But I do think, I mean, you have so much to give and maybe if you started a, I know there's the C5 group. I don't know if they're still out there. C5 rescue group. I know they're, they're great people. About that. Yes. Yeah. I have. 
Now, their leader passed away a few years ago, which was heartbreaking. He was a fantastic guy. But I know that there's some people out there who do that and some others. And maybe if you could partner with them and, and maybe start some kind of a little bottle babies charity or something like that, that would help some of these babies and put your name out there so people know where to bring them. I mean, it, it might it might give them a shot. You know, you can't save the world. It's like the old you've heard the story about the starfish. No. Oh, there's a there's a famous uh, story about what's well, not a story. It's kind of a, a tale of a little boy walking down the beach with his grandfather and he's throwing starfish back into the ocean, you know, that are stranded. Right. And 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 his grandfather says, I don't know what you're doing. You know, I'll look at all these starfish. You're not making a difference. And he picked one up and he threw it in and he said made a difference to that one. That's right. I love that. I love that story. <laughs> it's so it's so great and it's so true. And I mean, I've saved dogs on the freeway and all kinds of situations. I can't save them all, but darn it, I've done it many yeah. times. And I, I've made a difference for those animals' lives. And sometimes they actually leave my house. Usually they don't. But, uh, you know, it, all we can do is what we can do with what we've got. And maybe that's a, a, a lane for you to be in is to try to, to do that kind of a charity because your heart is really in that right place. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Appreciate it. God bless the people who really care. Like I said, it's a tough situation. The shelter business is heartbreaking and I cried every single day on my way home when I worked in the shelter business, so I get it. Don't forget, you can join me for my live radio show Sunday nights in St. Louis, 7 to 9 p.m. St. Louis time. My videos during the week, of course, I put them up on HeidiHarris.com and at Rumble. If you forget all that, please go to HeidiHarris.com. Everything's up there, my podcast, all of that. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell. Scottwell.